This is CliffCentral.com. All right, so let's get to Anthea, shall we? See what's going on in the world of finance. Anthea works hard for your money every Monday morning. Uh, hey, Anthea. Let's just Good get morning. Straight to it. No time for a song this morning. No time for a song. Oh dear. No. Okay. Well, I better get into it then, right? <laughs> well, you've got a lot of news to tell us. I was looking at what you've got on your agenda. First of all, we've got to talk about Argentina. Yeah. So I think this is important because. Have you said hello to Tats? Hello, Greetings. good morning. We did, a, we, we did a silent little wave when you Yeah, but we haven't met, have we? No, we haven't. Well, lovely to meet you now. Pleasure to meet you. I like little handshake. We all got okay. to witness this lovely meeting <laughs> this morning. How nice. All right. Back to Argentina then, yes, shall we? Yes, let's go. So last week, um, the Argentinians voted for Alberto Fernandez. So this is their primary election. Um, and things are going very badly. The peso fell 30%. Uh-oh. The country's biggest bank fell 55%. The stock market fell 50%. I mean, can you only, this is really bad. And you can only imagine what this does for one, lending rates, uh, consumer sentiment, um, and then people's pension funds because people are invested in the stock market. And the reason the story is so important for me anyway, is because it shows that investors do not want to be invested in countries with populist governments. You know, this is a guy saying, yeah, don't worry, we're going to is create like a Bolsonaro, new Argentina. Is he like Bolsonaro in Brazil? Uh, pretty much, yes. Okay. Absolutely. I'm and we've sure. heard this new Argentina thing before from uh, Juan Perón back in the 1950s. Well, this is, they're, they're called Peronists. Peron- so, Peronistas. Peronistas. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Right. Thank you very much for correcting my accent. Sure. <laughs> Um, and, and, and this was pretty much after their currency crashed last year. And, you know, in 98, they defaulted on their debt. So this is kind of... Oh, hang on. This sounds a little bit like what we might have to deal with. So what happened? Go through it. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to us in some detail so we can just be prepared for what's coming. Right. So in the 90s, very bad economy, managed very badly, uh, populist government. Uh, 98, they didn't have enough money, so they defaulted on their government debt or their international debt they borrow from other countries. Um, and then they kind of turned it around and they implemented um, austerity measures. Mm-hmm. And then the government said, well, we don't like – well, the people said we don't like this very much. And now they're voting for another populist government and everything's crashing again. Oh, boy. Not to mention the IMF bailout in between all of this, right? In oh, so they got an IMF bailout. Yeah, somewhere around 2000, 99, 2000. Yeah. Did it help them, the IMF bailout? It did, actually, to a point. But then when the IMF says austerity measures have to come in place and you can't just spend ludicrously on crazy things that you don't need, then the people object, right? And they Mm, riot. Of course. Yeah. Sound too too analogous, does it? It's South just Africa. a little too close for comfort. That's all. Yeah, and then of course you know what happens when Argentina crashes because we're an emerging market and we get thrown into the same bucket. And South African rand is probably one of the most um, liquid of all the currencies in the emerging market. Our currency crashed and burned. So, oh, I mean, not to the extent that the Thanks, peso Anthea. did. We're having a great start to our morning. Thanks to you. Okay, okay. I'm just going to skip straight forward, like way down my list of things to talk about the IMF because you're making me feel bad. The IMF spoke last week and said that actually they don't think South Africa needs a bailout. South Africa has not asked for a bailout. And the IMF would prefer if countries fixed their own problems without a bailout. Does that make you feel better? Well... No, because I was kind of holding out for that. (laughs) (laughs) You you want the bailout. You you want the IMF to take control of our purse. Do you? 
Tell the truth. Come on, Anthea. Help me out here. Um, I mean, I'm not clever enough to figure this I'd out. Ra- I need to you. be honest, I'd rather go- the government did manage to fix it because if the IMF took control, they certainly would implement austerity measures. And I think the general populace doesn't understand that. Um, and it can be hard. It can be very difficult. Sure, they'll control things very carefully um, mm-hmm. and they'll probably put us back on, this, on a kind of straight and narrow but really, it would be better if our government fixed, fixed, uh, figured out how to fix it themselves. Do you think they can? I mean, we've got ESCOM. Don't, come on, don't go silent. <laughs> yeah, there's a deadly, a deadly silence there. Crickets. <laughs> um, you don't think we can? You don't think this government can figure this stuff out? I think they probably could, but they're so busy fighting each other that I don't think they're going to. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. There's too much noise. There's, there's too much populism. There's too much trying to keep everybody happy. Um, and just there's way too much corruption in government at the moment. And I know our president's trying to fix it and trying to root out the corruption. But quite frankly, we really need to start concentrating on the economy and growing the economy. I mean, like, I don't know how we're surprised by the fact that this is all so bad all of a sudden. Do you believe him when he says he's trying to root out all this stuff? I do actually, okay. um, because I, I I do see I see him doing it step by step, but very slowly. You know, like what we want is a new broom sweeping clean. You know, just axe everybody who's corrupt. But he's not doing it, and so obviously he's playing of, politics. Would you say a bit of patience is maybe a good idea? We don't have time for that though. That that's my concern. And yes, we definitely need patience because I think he can do it, but unfortunately we don't have time. No. You know, I, I'm I'm nervous about the October mini budget coming up. It's going to be ugly, and out of that, potentially Moody's will downgrade us to junk, which means we are junk across all the credit rating agencies, and then you'll see our rand um, weaken significantly more more than it has oh. already. Okay, well that's which, isn't this great, Tats? Yeah, you great? You, <laughs> Tats is so happy you came in today. Don't try and shoot oh. the messenger. Yeah, thanks, Leanne. It's always right. Yeah. It's always my fault. <laughs> All right, so what are you going to tell us now? What are, what are the bad things you're going to tell us about? I want to tell you about the inverted U.S. yield curve. What the, oh, hang what on. the devil is that? Hang okay, on. come, I'll tell you. I asked someone about this last Thursday. I asked Canton Pillay, and he tried to explain it to me, and he, he did an okay job, but I'm still not 100% sure. So apparently when the price of these bonds is just sky high and the yield is less than zero, it's negative. Yeah, this that's nominal negative to. rates. Germany have had that for months. All right, yeah. so, so what is so happening? So we're not talking about now? nominal negative rates. So okay. the U.S. rates are not negative yet. In fact, the ten years trading at one point six seven somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happens when you, as an investor, you lend the government money to build infrastructure, etc. Right. Right. So you would be buying government bonds, okay. and the yield on that bond is the interest rate that the government pays you as an investor. Mm-hmm. So you're lending the government money. The government says, thanks very much. I'm going to pay you, in the U.S.'s case, 2% per annum for lending me your money. Right. And I will use it to build infrastructure. And at the end of the 10 years, I will pay you back all your money. And obviously, over the 10 years, you've made your interest payment. So if you're going to lend money to the government for three months, assume that the interest rate is going to be lower 
than if you're going to lend them money for 10 years because the risk for lending money longer right. should be more. More. And right. so for taking more risk, you, you don't should know what's get gonna happen a higher in... interest rate as the lender. Got right. you. Right. So what, so, so what You didn't the... think you'd come here for this lecture. No, this is, <laughs> I'm so grateful for this because it's like such a thing that affects all of us, but very right. few people know. Or can explain what anything you guys yeah. have said means. Mm. So this right. is right. Go on. So the yield curve basically is this little dot plot. Three months, let's call it, is one percent. Uh, one year is one point two percent. Two years is one point five percent. All the way out to ten years, which is two percent. So it starts at the bottom and it looks and it goes up. That's a yield curve. That's all that. That's all that is. You're okay. plotting the interest rate over the ten years. So if I lend you money for a year, uh, you'll pay me 1%. If I lend it to you for 10 years, you'll pay me more than that. Right? Okay, got so you. Just, so what happens, what, what happens when the yield curve inverts is that the 10-year rate suddenly is lower than, the, in this case, the two-year rate. Okay. And that's a negative yield curve. And the problem with this is that every single time the U.S. yield curve has inverted over the last 50 years, except for one false um, indication – it has been followed by a recession. Mm. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Mm. Here we go. All that to set us up for that. Sorry, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but so we don't know when it's going to happen. So in, in some instances, the yield curve has inverted and we've waited a year and a half for the recession. In other times, the yield curve has inverted and the recession has happened in six months. But every single time in the last 50 years, except for one, We've had a recession after the yield curve has inverted. And then last year, uh, I mean, last week, of course, it, it happened briefly. The 10-year Treasury yield was lower than the two-year yield. And it hasn't inverted since 2000, June 2007. And we all know what happened at the end of 2008, beginning of 2009. All right. So what are you preparing us for here? I feel like you've, you, you're trying to give us bad news, but you're trying yeah. to make it like a soft landing. Go on, Anthony. You, we're, big, we're all big. We're strong. We can handle this. Um, so there's definitely a recession coming. Probably, oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. So we, we've been expecting global slowdown. And look, this happens because – the market is cyclical. Everything happens inside, in, in, it's sick. You could have just ended it there. Cyclical. cyclical. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. And, and how long it lasts and how deep the recession is, nobody knows. I mean, optically, it looks like the bigger the differential between the yield curve, the negative differential, the longer and deeper the recession. And this is like, now it just happened very quickly and off we go. My concern is that the governments this time around do not have enough ammunition to turn it around quickly enough. You know, so in 2008, uh, interest rates were really high. And what did the U.S. government do? They just um, lowered interest rates so that the consumer spending kept going. And they loaned money. They took – the governments took money onto their balance sheet. I don't think governments are strong enough to be able – or their balance sheets are not strong enough to be able to do that this time around. Mm. So I'm worried that – Governments and central banks don't have enough ammunition to stave off quite a deep recession. But I do think that if countries could just sort themselves out and stop fighting trade wars, they would go a long way to staving off this recession. Which president are you talking about? (laughs) There's only one president who likes trade wars. 
and they're tremendous. <laughs> that was very good. And, and that's really funny because actually that particular president turned yes. around the other day and said, I, I can't, I have to find the quote actually because it's so good. He said, um, good things were stated on the call. He was talking about China, China. China. <laughs> Um, he says, let them work humanely with Hong Kong first, he says. So he's laid out the rules for China. In any case, like the China. clueless Fed, not China, he says, he is says the his, problem. His clueless Fed. <laughs> yes. Jesus. I mean, this man, he's something else, isn't he? Huh? Isn't he unbelievable? He's just like, he's a complete menace. <laughs> oh. He's laughing. <laughs> well, Listen, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Get upset about it? I love these people who get cross about what's right. going on. Oh, well, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So Man. all my bad news, what are you going to do? All right, so, so, so just kind of just on that, Gareth, maybe a bit of investment advice. I think, you, you know, if you're young and you're invested in the equity market, don't worry, it's probably going to bounce. If you're closer to retirement and you need that cash or you're going to need that cash in the next year, two years, three years, I would say start thinking about moving it into fixed income or to some sort of money market just as a capital preservation measure um, or some sort of income fund. Uh-oh. So, so you don't, you have a choice, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to be invested in the stock market. You don't have to be invested in shares, which is such a shame because South African, like consumer shares and banks at the moment, there are some shares that are so dirt cheap. I am itching to buy some banks. Um, Sandbank came out with their results not last week, the week before. I would love to buy Sandbank shares, but actually I don't see a turnaround um, in the economy. There's no catalyst for the share to increase or, or to, to rise. Mm. And so I'm, I'm nervous. All right. So what are the options then? If you don't invest in, sh- in shares? Be more heavily weighted to bonds mm-hmm. and money market instruments. Okay. Look at that. So there we go. We've got the U.S. yield curve inverted, dis- discussed and described. We've discussed Argentina and the trade war with uh, China and, and America. Are there any other things on your agenda? Well, we did have retail sales last week, um, which grew better than expected. It came out at 2.4%, a little bit of a green shoot, which is quite nice. Um, we were expecting 2.3, so not huge. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because in the same token, choppies. Do you remember choppies? Of course I do. <laughs> you always Botswana <laughs> supermarket. We love choppies. Well, we used to love choppies. <laughs> That's not true. We just like the name. Yeah, we, we never liked the share. We always just liked the name. They said last week, even after retail sales grew, that they're going to close their stores, their grocery stores in South Africa. So they generally operate in the lower LSMs, and they've got 88 stores in South Africa. Mm. I mean, the number of Are times they going to shut them down. Yep. I know, that's how bad things have been. So I think uh, ShopRite and Pick and Pay are probably going to pick up those stores. They're probably best place to pick it up, you know. Um, and the stores that will benefit, obviously, are like the Boxer and um, those kinds of stores where, where they're very similar. ShopRite stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Take your word for it. Sounds right. good. Okay, Anthea, thank you very much. Anything My else? My pleasure. No, I think that's pretty much it for this week. So it's quite a lot to chew on. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.